Welcome to a new season of The Narrators. Today's story comes from museum worker, musician, and animal lover, Laura Wingate. Theme of the show was heart. Hi, everyone. Um, My name's Laura Wingate, and tonight I'll be mostly winging it. Uh, This story is about heart surgery and horses. Which would you like to hear about first? Horses, I knew you would say horses. Um, Ever since I was a little girl, I've always had this feeling inside um, that I could just tell was just a little bit different. If the feeling was a sound, it would be like the low end of a flute, you know, like, you know. And if the feeling was a horse, it'd probably be one of those little dappled gray mares that's almost pony sized. And she's really, really strong and really good with kids, but terrible with adults because they're too confident. If the feeling was a person, it would probably whistle a lot, like that type of thing. Uh, If it was a color, it would be dark blue. It's just this crazy feeling, just, I have always felt like so alive that it's annoying to everyone else, essentially. Uh, And this feeling really helped me to work with horses Uh, I'm really, really lucky that I got to grow up on a ranch where you could see nothing but pretty much cows and horses for miles. And working with the horses was a very important part of that because they helped us learn, especially as kids in 4-H. Any 4-Hers? Yeah! Uh, And they helped us, in theory, they helped us work Um, and I had one particular horse, um, that this feeling really helped me with, and his name was Halo. And there was just something about Halo where I could just feel almost anything he was feeling, and I could predict anything he was going to do. He was a rescue horse off the racetrack. They're terrible, the horses on the racetrack. And he would balk at the most inconspicuous stick on the side of the trail. Or one time he almost killed me over a Frito bag. But I could somehow tell just by the smallest twitch of his ear or the tiniest little sidestep or the way that his heart beat under the saddle that he was about to do something, something quick. He even had these like double layered eyelashes The top of them were like light brown, and the bottom were like these really long, black, shiny eyelashes, almost like lamb chop eyelashes. And when it would rain or mist, which was very rare uh, where I'm from, he would get these little tiny dew drops on his eyelashes. And I could feel, because this would annoy me when I was on him. I'd be like, ah, there's all these dew drops on my eyelashes and all these raindrops on my eyelashes. I can barely see. It's so annoying. But I could tell that 
it comforted him the way the light hit the dew drops and that he really enjoyed it. And it was just like this sense that we had and this connection. This feeling comes, I now know because of this experience, comes from an organ that we all have and it's right here and it's not your heart. It's your thymus. Uh, the thymus is an organ that most people only use when they're babies um, until they're like maybe a year old. And it produces this chemical that sends messages between your neurons and helps your synapses send messages to each other. And it creates that chemical for the very first part of your life. And then later it becomes a vestigial organ. And the only reason I know this is because I don't have one anymore. At this time in my life, in my mid-twenties, I was the graveyard shift security guard at the Denver Art Museum. Yeah, art. <laughs> Support your local artists. And um, I would work from 11 to 7, and I would patrol, patrol. <laughs> kind of the galleries and make sure like all the doors were locked and that the roof wasn't leaking and things like that. And I started having these kind of like almost like constant flu symptoms. Like it always felt like I had the flu and I always felt hot and that feeling would grow but in a very strange way and it went from dark blue to almost like an angry maroon. And finally one day I was riding this horse named Patrick and Patrick's very tall, but he's weirdly sprightly, and he's very friendly. And Patrick kept stopping because he could tell that I was getting tired, and I was getting exhausted. And I was like, come on, Pat, Pat, we can keep going. And then I got to the point where I didn't fall off, but I did pass out on top of the horse and just gently laid on Patrick, and he, of course, braced with his strong flanks and, and, and kept me safe in that moment. And that's the moment where I was like, okay, I'm gonna go to the like urgent care, and I, I only had Kaiser Permanente, and, and but then we had to like find, because you can only go there, and we had to like find one, and we like drove to Aurora, and I went to Kaiser Permanente, and I waited for like a long time, and they were like, ah, you know, because I'm a femme. So like, she's probably making it up. So I waited <laughs> for a really long time in the waiting room, and then they were like, ah, that's weird. Your like oxygen's kind of low. We're gonna do a chest x-ray and make sure that you don't have pneumonia, as they say. <laughs> so they did a chest x-ray, and my partner Kyle and I were like waiting behind the, the curtain. I remember thinking the curtain was very like Ross's apartment after he divorces Rachel and friends type design. And uh, I'm waiting there and suddenly five smiling doctors come in. That's never good. <laughs> and the doctors come in and they're like, has anyone ever talked to you about a grapefruit-sized mass on your chest before? And I was like, I don't think so. I think someone would have told me. So they discovered that my thymus, and I was 27 years old at this time, um, was the size of a grapefruit and was still very, very active. 
and still working. And for most people, um, this stops working as a baby. So that explained the aliveness and the whistling and the flute and the horses and the predicting the future, Loki. Um, (laughs) And I was like, okay, um, great. What are we going to do about it? And uh, it took, let's see. So I had originally started like scheduled a surgery with this doctor who had like what's called a heart key and they were going to do a traditional sternotomy which is right down the middle it's your classic dad scar you know classic right here my dad has it he had a triple bypass but that's another story um and they did a consultation and they looked at it and they said oh actually that's too big we're gonna have to slice you armpit to armpit uh, fold you in half and reach in there just like, kind of like, you know, when a calf's being born and you gotta reach in there and pull it out. And I was like, all right, that's, that's okay. And they're like, and the only person that can do it is this guy from CU that's like a professor and a bunch of students are gonna watch it in the surgical theater. And I was like, okay. Um, so anyway, um, I go in and I have this surgery, Um, it's called a clamshell sternotomy. So my name's Wingate and I have a W-shaped scar because they go around, you know, your breasts. (laughs) And then they kind of have this thing that they crank open and they fold you in half and they reach in and they take it out. Um, And it took nine hours and Throughout this process, from the very beginning with the smiling doctors, I decided that this tumor would be so much less scary if I gave him a name. You know, the best part of getting a pet is naming it. So I named him Jelly Bob. And as I was falling asleep before this nine-hour surgery, um, and my eyes were taped shut, and all these really cute medical students were like seeing me in this condition. I was like, all right, wasn't expecting to feel this way. Um, I saw in the most vivid and beautiful light the neon red halo, my horse, running as they were counting backwards to put me under um, in this beautiful neon green pasture with his mane almost glinting blue and the stars just twinkling in his eyes. And I knew that even if I died during the surgery, Halo would always be with me. Um, So anyway, the surgery was over. I recovered in the hospital um, for about a week and a half. And uh, it felt like I was a Lego guy, like I was like stacked. And I remember thinking like, because I was on Dilaudid, I was like, I feel like a Lego guy. And I was sitting there thinking, I feel like a Lego guy. And I realized in that moment that that feeling was gone. This thing that had made me me um, was gone. And you all can feel it too, actually. You have a thymus right here, right at the top of your sternum. So if you just tap your thymus, wake it up a little. Here we go. Yeah, do you feel that? That feeling's there, and it's inside of you. Um, I didn't feel it just now, because I <laughs> um, 
that feeling was gone, and this was a few years ago. And once I started working with horses again, I realized I had lost this ability and um, started having some more issues communicating with the horses um, until about 18 months ago, I burst awake at three in the morning, realizing that something was wrong with Halo, my horse. And so the ne- I was like, you're crazy, go to bed, Wingate. So I went to bed and the next morning at 7 a.m., my mom called me and she was like, oh my God, Laura, because my mom's from Minnesota. Um, <laughs> She was like, oh, my God, Halo was out in the pasture with Titan, and they were playing in the muck, and Halo twisted his forelock, or fetlock, forelock's different. Um, And so I knew at that moment that feeling was back, and we went and we helped out Halo, um, and he was okay after that um, for a little while. And um, shortly after, he did pass away, and I still... Even though I don't have a thymus, I still have that feeling every day because I know that Halo is in my heart. So thank you all. Narrators is produced by me, Ron Doyle, and Aaron Rollman, with help from Karen Wachtel, Jesse Witten, Scott Carney, and Sydney Crane. Our music is by Gabby Gutierrez-Reed and Kevin Matthews. Special thanks to our sponsors, Bumport Theatre Company, Illegal Pete's, and Great Divide Brewing Company. We'll be back next week with a new episode. If you're in Denver, please join us for one of our live shows, which take place on the third Wednesday of every month. For more information about the live show or past episodes of this podcast, you can click on the link in our show notes or visit our website, thenarrators.org. Thanks for listening.